to Proper Charlie, the weekly podcast by me, Charlie Murray. It's all about my thoughts on the last seven days. There's music, people I've seen, literature, and so much more. It's time to share Proper Charlie's thoughts with you. So, welcome along and enjoy the next 30 minutes with me, a right proper Charlie. Welcome to the fourth episode of Proper Charlie. To celebrate my first month of podcasting, I wanted to share with you some of the clips from Notes on Notes, the main part of my podcast, where I discuss music of my personal favourite singers and songwriters. So sit back and enjoy a look back over the last month. great difficulty in narrowing my list of favourite albums down, but I have managed to pick two that I want to tell you about today. The first is Wildwood Flower by June Carter Cash. I was first introduced to June Carter's music after watching, on TV, a performance of Johnny Cash at Montreux Jazz Festival in 1994. I knew who Johnny Cash was. He was a big name in my house when I was growing up. But I didn't know so much about June Carter. In fact, I didn't know anything. She performed two songs with him that night, the legendary Jackson and a Carter family classic, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? There's a moment at the end of their performance of Jackson when they kiss. It melts my heart every time I watch it. The love that they had for each other lit up that entire stage and it was wonderful to watch. From that moment on, I was hooked. Who was this woman with Johnny Cash? The man that George Jones said stands all alone was stud with a woman, and he looked very pleased about it. Who was she? I had to know. And so, my exploration of and my love affair with the music of June Carter, Big Carter. Just in case you're not familiar with June Carter, let me fill you in. She was the second wife of legendary Johnny Cash, but she was also an icon in her own right being the third daughter of the Carter family, the first family of country music. Although by today's standards, the Carter family music isn't so great, in 1927, when they started out, they were pioneers of American country folk music, and they paved the way for so many of the amazing folk singers that we still hear today, including Willie Nelson and Joan Baez, who both cite the Carter family as inspiration. June would regularly perform with her mother, Maybelle Carter, and her sisters, Anita and Helen, as Mother Maybelle and the Carter Sisters. And in fact, it was while she was touring with her family that June first crossed paths with a young Johnny Cash, who was at the time just starting out in the industry, and was also inspired by June and her family. I often wonder if when their paths crossed all those years before they got together, if they knew that they would go on to have one of the greatest real love stories ever told. A love story that captivated millions worldwide and was beautifully portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon in the biopic Walk the Line. Back to Wildwood Flower though. This was the last studio album by June Carter Cash. It also features some of the last known studio recordings of Johnny Cash. It was recorded from October 2002 until March 2003. 
June sadly passed away in May 2003, and the album was released on Jewel Tone in the September of the same year, just days before the final curtain fell for Johnny Cash, and he and June were reunited once more. This album features a number of songs made famous by the Carter family, including Keep on the Sunny Side, and songs such as Church in the Wildwood, Lonesome Valley, which were regular songs in Johnny Cash live performances throughout the 1970s. This album was produced by John Carter Cash, Johnny and June's son, making it a real family affair, true to the spirit of the songs on the album. I was 12 when this album was released. I can still remember the first time that I heard it. The inviting opening guitar of Keep on the Sunny Side welcoming me into the album with a big country hug. The intriguing sound of the Carter sisters opening on Kneeling Drunkard's Plea. And then the lyrics that followed that, although I was too young to understand, were still emotive to me even then. Her son is sleeping beside her today. And I know that in heaven his mother he'll see. For God has heard the drunkard's plea, Lord, have mercy on me. Those lyrics still get me, even after all this time. I'll never forget hearing, for the first time as well, the enchantingly candid introduction to Big Yellow Peaches that, even to this day, gives me the sense of sitting around with friends and chatting rather than listening to a studio album. A lovely introduction to a truly charming song. Sinking in the Lonesome Sea has to be one of my two favourite songs from Wildwood Flower. It's an oddly sweet song. I recall watching June Carter on TV performing this song months before she died in what I believe is one of her last public appearances. It wasn't so much the lyrics as watching June kick off her shoes and get stuck into that song as she played the auto harp surrounded by her family that made me fall completely in love with the song. The shoes that she kicked off that day will stand empty Nobody will ever fill them. We leave Wildwood Flower behind with the title track and my second favourite song from the album. This is one of the first love songs I can recall being truly moved by. I had heard it previously from the Carter family and I must confess, Mother Maybell Carter's version will always be my ultimate favourite. But there is something exquisitely raw about the way in which June sings it in this recording especially combined with the backing vocals from Johnny Cash. A truly wonderful end to a truly wonderful album that I will cherish forever. The next album I want to tell you all about is Various Positions by Leonard Cohen. I first discovered Leonard Cohen's music whilst in high school. If truth be told, I was trying to impress a boy who I actually saw just a few weeks back and, well, thank goodness I didn't impress him, is all I can say. He wasn't into the popular music of the time, and neither was I, so we would chat about the different music that we did enjoy. One day he asked me what I thought of Leonard Cohen. I hadn't heard of him, but I recall saying, Oh, I love Leonard Cohen. I then proceeded to nod my head enthusiastically and say things like, Oh wow, me too, as he talked and talked about how much he adored Leonard Cohen's music. 
evening, rather than doing my science coursework, I sat up researching Leonard Cohen, learned everything I possibly could about him, and soaked in all of the music that my brain could possibly absorb. I suppose, had I done my science coursework, I could tell you precisely how much music one's brain could absorb, but alas, I didn't, and so instead I'm going to tell you about Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen was a Canadian poet, singer-songwriter, and generally beautiful wordsmith. He was also the first celebrity death that made me burst into tears upon hearing the news of his passing. In a career spanning 60 years, there wasn't much that Leonard Cohen didn't write about, and whichever topic he turned his hand to, he managed to make it sound exquisite. Although I'm very glad I didn't impress that boy at school, I'm very glad that because of him, I discovered the incredible music of Leonard Cohen. Various Positions, released in 1984, was Cohen's seventh studio album, and in my opinion, it's the most beautiful of them all. It seems quite appropriate that I tell you about this album, after discussing June Carter and Johnny Cash, as, in my opinion, several of the songs on this album would be completely at home on a Johnny Cash album. And indeed, the first time I heard The Captain, I was convinced that it was Johnny Cash singing and not Leonard Cohen. Oh, how I wish Johnny Cash had covered that song, especially after he so successfully did a cover of Cohen's Bird on a Wire. The opening track, Dance Me to the End of Love, is my favourite Leonard Cohen song. I love the Greek sound that reminds me of many happy holidays in Greece. But more than that, I find the lyrics to be truly lovely. Dance me to your beauty with a burning violin. Dance me through the panic till I'm gathered safely in. Lift me like an olive branch and be my homeward dove. Dance me to the end of love. To this day, I'm not entirely sure what the end of love is, or if indeed it does have an end at all, but... There is something so passionate and intense about those lyrics that really touches my heart. The more I listen to that song, the more I fall in love with it, and mourn the fact that I shall never hear Leonard Cohen perform it live. Of course, we can't talk about various positions without talking about track five, Hallelujah. A song that has been covered by so many notable people, I would need an entire podcast just to list them all. I recall reading in an interview that Cohen felt a bittersweet revenge when people began covering Hallelujah because this album had been rejected by record labels for not being good enough. And yet, there was one of the songs from this album being covered by many artists on the very labels that shunned the album to begin with. The most emotive track on this album has to be Night Comes On. I didn't understand it when I first heard it. In fact, if I'm being truthful, it was some years after I first discovered this song that I realised just what this song was about. When I did realise, it crashed over me like a tsunami. I said, Mother, I'm frightened. The thunder and the lightning. I'll never come through this alone. She said, I'll be with you, my shawl wrapped around you, my hand on your head when you go. And the night came on, it was very calm. Those are some of the lyrics from the song. As you listen to it and the song progresses, you come to realise that it isn't about dying at all, but in fact about how one must carry on and never give up, 
no matter how hard things become. It's such an inspiring song, told with effortless beauty. The genius of Leonard Cohen's music is the fact that, even if you don't fully absorb the lyrics at first, there is still a sense of wonderment as you listen to them, a truly gifted wordsmith indeed. Wildest is the 10th studio album by Louis Prima, released in 1956 on Capitol. I first heard Louis Prima when, as a little girl, my grandfather played me this very album. I remember laughing so much as we danced around and around, letting the whole album engulf us in a cacophony of rock and roll, jazz and blues. For those of you that don't know, Louis Prima was an American singer, songwriter, band leader and trumpeter from the 1930s right up until his death due to a brain tumour in 1975. He is somebody I grew up listening to, with my grandfather being a huge fan of Louis Prima, and so his music fills me with such a wonderful nostalgic warmth as it floods me with many happy memories. Back to the wildest, I have two favourite tracks on this album. The first is Jump, Jive and Wail. The lyrics don't make all that much sense, unless you're dancing to the song, and then, all of a sudden, they seem to make sense. A woman is a woman, and a man ain't nothing but a male. One good thing about him, he knows how to jive and wail. See what I mean? But it's such a fun, lively, energetic and infectiously cheerful song, it doesn't really matter. When I hear Jump, Jive and Wail, I imagine I'm back in a nightclub in the 1950s, having the time of my life, dancing to it. I suppose that's the case with most of this album, really. Before I tell you about my second favourite track on this album, I want to give an honourable mention to Buenos Aires a Louis Prima song that has been covered by, well, almost everybody that was in the industry at the same time as Prima, really, but probably most notably by Dean Martin. This is the original of that classic song, and it's absolutely fantastic. Without a doubt, my favourite version of this song. My second favourite track on this album is Banana Split For My Baby. It's such a hilarious and clever song. I remember thinking as a little girl when I heard this song how much I wished that I would one day have a boy that would buy me such an extravagant banana split like I thought Louis Prima was ordering for his girl in this song. Oh, to have a boy that would lavish me with such delicious treats. One day, I got my wish for a boy just like the one in the song. After dining out with my ex, who strangely features later on in this episode too, he ordered an extravagant meal for us both. It really was so delicious. He pulled all of the stops out and I had a truly wonderful evening until, just like the song, when the bill came, he announced he was broke. Separate checks, it must be. Charge the split to her, the water to me. Oh, the banana splits for my baby, and the glass of plain waters for me. 
Ain't Got No Money, The Glass of Plain Waters for Me. Can you believe it? Just like the poor woman in the song, I had to pick up the bill for the extravagant meal my ex had ordered for me in such a generous manner. The lesson here is, I suppose, be careful what you wish for, kids. Sometimes it might just come true. The next album I want to tell you all about is one of the most addictive albums I've ever heard. Let England Shake by PJ Harvey. This is one of those albums that I can go months without listening to, and then as soon as I hear a song from it, I have to binge listen to the whole album repeatedly for days after. There is just something so captivating about PJ Harvey's sound, especially on this album. It's mesmerising. Let England Shake is the eighth studio album by PJ Harvey, released in 2011 on Ireland. She is without a doubt one of the most notable singer-songwriters of the 21st century. This album is a step away from her usual introverted approach to music with a completely extroverted look at England and also loosely the USA in a world post-September 11th. If you want it to be, this album can be a completely political album that would rival anything by the likes of Bob Dylan, John Lennon. But also, if you choose for it to be, then just like John Lennon and Bob Dylan, it could be just a truly fantastically unique folk rock composition. It's very easy to understand how this album won the Mercury Prize. PJ Harvey, for those that haven't heard of her, is an English musician, singer-songwriter, poet and composer. She is, to date, the only artist to have been awarded the Mercury Prize twice. I first discovered PJ Harvey whilst listening to music with one of my friends. He kept telling me that I absolutely had to listen to her because I'd love her. He went on and on about her for quite a few weeks until... I eventually relented and listened to one of PJ Harvey's earlier albums, Dry. From then on, I was hooked. Let England Shake was recorded in a quaint little church in her home county of Dorset, St Peter's in Ipe, if you're interested, which I believe is now more of an art centre than a functioning church. I visited the church a couple of years ago and it was so charming and oddly enchanting even though, being completely honest, it wasn't all that much to look at compared to some churches. It felt wonderful to stand in a church where so many life-changing events have taken place for the villagers that the church serves, but also where such a monumental album was recorded. Churches have such an incredible residual history anyway, but this church was more than a bit special. I struggle when it comes to picking a favourite track from this album as I love the composition as a whole and to be honest I feel it should be enjoyed as such but if I absolutely had to pick one, if my life depended on it, I would say my favourite track from this album is England. It gives me chills every time I hear it. PJ Harvey's ethereal voice sounds truly phenomenal and it's just such a breathtakingly beautiful and emotive track. To you, England, I cling, undaunted, 
never failing love for you England one of my favourite things to do when it comes to PJ Harvey albums is to watch people listen to them for the first time much like my friend did with me the first time I listened to her I know that sounds odd but as we've discussed previously I so enjoy people watching and PJ Harvey brings out all manner of emotions in people from confusion as the album opens to joy, sadness, anger and relaxation amongst many other things and I love watching people go through all of the emotions with her. I will say not everybody has understood and enjoyed her music but I still enjoy watching them listen to her. It's certainly a unique experience. I obviously can't watch you all listen to her music although I wish I could so I'll ask. If you've never heard this album or any of her others before for that matter give her a listen and come back and tell me what you thought i'd love to know i've been listening to a lot of richard thompson this week as in a couple of weeks i'm going to see him in concert with my best friend and i'm so unbelievably excited it's funny I often wrongly assume that because I have spent the last 11 years writing about music for a living, that I know a lot about music, especially when it comes to my favourite genres. And yet, every now and then, an artist is brought to my attention that makes me think, how on earth have I missed this? Richard Thompson is a classic example of this. For some unknown reason, I'd made it through 26 years of life without consciously listening to any music by Richard Thompson. With the exception of Fairport Convention, of course. Imagine that. I certainly can't. I really don't have the slightest idea how that happened. It wasn't until my best friend and I were having dinner last year that I discovered Richard Thompson's music. He was telling me about two of his favourite songs, Persuasion and Beeswing. I hunted the songs down on Spotify and my love affair began. Both of those songs just so happened to appear on the wonderful album that I want to talk to you all about today, Acoustic Classics by Richard Thompson. Just in case any of you out there have been living under the same rock that I was living under for all of those years, let me fill you in. Richard Thompson is an English singer, songwriter and guitar player. He is a founding member of Fairport Convention, which makes it all the more ridiculous that I hadn't heard of him. And he's played with incredible singers and musicians, such as Paul Simon and Joan Baez, to name just two. In fact, there is an incredible video, which I'm sure you can find online somewhere, of the three of them performing The Boxer together at the Joan Baez 75th birthday concert. Acoustic Classics is the 15th solo studio album by Richard Thompson, released in 2014 on Beeswing Records. It features acoustic covers of classic songs from Richard Thompson's back catalogue, including songs from his time as part of the folk rock duo Richard and Linda Thompson. This is a truly beautiful album, with so many incredible songs on it, I don't really know where to start with telling you about them. Richard Thompson is a truly beautiful wordsmith, 
and I'm incredibly happy that my best friend introduced me to his music. Beeswing, which I mentioned earlier as being one of my best friend's favourite songs, is now also one of mine, because it has some of the most stunningly beautiful lyrics ever written. She was a rare thing, fine as a bee's wing, so fine a breath of wind might blow her away. How beautiful is that? Fine as a bee's wing. Oh, I fell in love with this song as soon as I heard it, because those are just some of the most amazing lyrics ever. Another song I love is From Galway to Graceland. It's the story of a mentally ill woman who leaves her husband and home in Galway to fly to Graceland to sit beside the graveside of Elvis, her sweetheart, and how she gets moved on each and every day thereafter. The song is written and sung in such a way that it's just an incredibly captivating story. To be with her sweetheart, oh, she left everything, from Galway to Graceland to be with the king. This entire album is a masterpiece that makes me wonder more and more each time I listen to it, how I managed to go 26 years without knowingly encountering such incredible music. I can't believe that I get to see him live in a few weeks, with the very man that introduced me to his music last year. I'm a sentimental person, and whenever possible, if I get the chance to see musicians or bands with the person that introduced me to their music, then I love to do that. That leads me on nicely to the next album that I wanted to talk to you about this week. Desperado by the Eagles. I was introduced to the Eagles by my dad when I was a little girl. I have so many memories of him standing in the kitchen in France when I'd be visiting him, cooking dinner and singing along to one of his many Eagle albums. In 2014, I was lucky enough to see the Eagles in Liverpool with my dad and it was one of the best concerts that I've ever been to. And as I said, being there with the man that introduced me to their music was a very sentimental thing for me. We were lucky enough to see the band with Glenn Frey before his sad passing in 2016, and I'm thankful for that. The Eagles have been around since the 1970s. Desperado is their second studio album, released in 1972 on Asylum. This album features some of the most beautiful songs ever written by the Eagles, including Tequila Sunrise, which, when they performed it in 2014, they did so in front of a massive projection of a sunrise, which really enhanced the beauty of the song, even more than I thought possible. I was really disappointed that the Eagles don't allow you to take photographs or videos at their shows, because I would have loved to have captured that sunrise. What are your thoughts on not being allowed to take photographs at gigs? I see why bands do it to protect from copyright and illegal distribution of their performances. But at the same time, I disagree with it because sometimes you just want to capture a memory such as the Eagles performing Tequila Sunrise in front of that amazing backdrop so that you can treasure it forever. I'd never seen anything like it before. There were people patrolling up and down the aisles in that arena, stopping anyone that looked like they might be doing anything with a phone or with a camera. And in one instance, I actually saw them remove somebody from the venue for it. It didn't exactly create the relaxed atmosphere you want when watching a show. Nevertheless, though, it was a truly amazing show. 
but I would be interested to hear your thoughts on this matter. Back to Desperado. My absolute favourite song from this album has to be the title track, Desperado, which, when they performed it back-to-back with Julian Dalton in 2014, actually reduced me to a quivering mess of tears because, oh my goodness, it was just sensational. Desperado tells the story of a gambler who's really down on his luck. I recall reading somewhere that the song is based on a true story of a friend of Don Henley. Don't you draw the Queen of Diamonds, boy. She'll beat you if she's able. You know the Queen of Hearts is always your best bet. Now it seems to me some fine things have been laid upon your table, but you only want the ones that you can't get. Desperado is the first song that Glenn Frey and Don Henley wrote together. And well, thank goodness they did, is all I can say, because they went on to be one of the most monumental songwriting duos of all time. One of the most famous songs that Glenn Frey and Don Henley ever wrote, this time with the help of Don Felder, that isn't on this album, was Hotel California, which honestly, I would be very surprised if you hadn't heard it at least once in your life. This album is one of my favourite albums to listen to when I'm having a bit of a slow day in my office and I need to perk myself up a bit. Although it isn't a particularly perky album, I put it on, have a good sing-along and suddenly the album has finished and so has all of the work that I needed to do. Isn't it great when that happens? I'm curious, which album do you listen to when you need perking up? Get in touch and let me know. That's it for this week's episode of Proper Charlie. I hope you enjoyed it. Back to normal next week with my usual notes on notes, literary literature, and of course, Stranger of the Week. I'd love to hear about your week as well as your thoughts on this episode. Which was your favourite album? Get in touch and let me know on Twitter at Proper Charlie M or Instagram at Proper Charlie Podcast.